to the Travel Agent Interview. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and today with me, I have my husband, Joe. Welcome, honey. Good afternoon. It's great to be here. I'm glad to have you on the show for the first time. We're going to talk about our experience thus far on the Queen Mary 2. We are doing a transatlantic cruise, and we're going to attempt to do a four-part series so that our listeners can hear about one of the things that I specialize in, which is the United Kingdom, and specifically this is about the Queen Mary 2 and traveling with a family, uh, specifically two kids under five, and what it has for the family and um, how you might also do that successfully. So, babe, do you want to talk about a little bit of getting to the port and embarkation? Sure. Uh, everyone does it a little differently. Um, as we meet people on the ship, we find all kinds of stories. For us, though, we were staying with family in the Philadelphia area, so we just caught a ride from family members up to the Brooklyn port, um, and it actually worked out really nicely. There's a, a pretty wide drop-off area, just like an airport terminal, where we were able to pull right up to the curb. Uh, they had a, a number of baggage attendants, um, probably more than they needed, at least for when we showed up, that helped us with our bags. Um, the baggage tags they provided us uh, weren't enough, uh, but they did have a digital copy we were able to print out so that every one of our, our pieces of luggage, including the stroller and you know purses and anything that might go, had our room number on it because they loaded them up on carts and mixed it with other people's luggage as well. So there was no guarantee that all the carts that, that a single cart was going to the same room. And so that's why it was so important to have all of our uh, luggage tags on our luggage. But the system worked. And uh, I would say within about a half an hour of getting to our room, they had delivered all of our pieces of luggage right to the room. Yeah, and there was one piece of luggage that we didn't know if we were going to check or not, and we decided to, and we didn't have a, a bag attached to it. And when we said that we didn't have, or uh, sorry, a tag attached to the bag, and when we said that we did not have a tag, the this bag gentleman kind of looked like, well, we don't know what we're going to do for you, and I don't know that like you're going to have to carry that. But then Joe realized he had one in his pocket, and they were able to get a stapler and staple it to it. So always good to have extra ones just in case one breaks off or something like that. Um, so we had an internal stateroom, and just so you know, it does have plenty of storage, and we even brought a McLaren stroller, which is a taller umbrella stroller, and it fits perfectly under the bed. So if you have little kids that might not be able to walk too much, this might be a really good idea, especially if you're not located close to the zone, which is the kids' area. And it looks like they designed the beds intentionally this way, but the, the height underneath the bed is about the same as you would get in the overhead compartment on an airplane. So most carry-on size luggage would fit under the bed, which is pretty clever. Um, and we thought ahead well enough to bring collapsible duffel bags. So because we're moving, we had more luggage than the average family. But because they were collapsible soft luggage, we could stack them on top of each other and shove them under the bed. So at the end of the day, we, we didn't have a single piece of luggage that was sort of just out in the room. It all made it either into the closet or under the beds, which I, I was really impressed by. I thought we were going to have more difficulty than that. Yeah, and we also had a really large, you know, um, what am I trying to say, car seat for our convertible car seat for our son and my daughter's booster seat that we were able to put into um, one of those bags that's specifically designed for car seats together. And that is in one of the closets um, on the bottom with some hanging uh, garments on top. So there really is plenty of room. So uh, I would bring it if you, uh, when in doubt, bring it because you'll be able to, you'll be able to store it. And as for the quantity of luggage, there was no limit on the number of bags. There was just a limit on the weight. Each bag was supposed to be fewer than 50 pounds. So we, we took our heaviest bags and weighed them before we left just to make sure. And they were right about 45, 48 pounds. Uh, but we had, if you included the, the kind of, you know, tote bags and briefcase and stroller and car seat, we really had 
had quite a few bags, maybe about a dozen, but nobody batted an eye about that. Um, we, we weren't charged any extra. Uh, no one said anything about it so long as they were all under 50 pounds. But we did apologize and make sure that everyone knew we were moving so they didn't think we were just, like, stashing a whole bunch of clothes to look our absolute best every day. Although We did that, too. Though we did that, too. Yeah, we did that, too. <laughs> um, there's no, one note for the internal stateroom is that there is no tub. So if a tub is something you really want to have for your kids, there is not one in that stateroom. But it, as far as an internal stateroom goes, I think that the shower is actually pretty large. And um, I, we booked late, so we didn't exactly know how it was going to be with an internal stateroom. That was not a preference. However, it has actually worked out great with the kids because it's very dark and it's very quiet, so sleeping is easy and great. And there's, I think the HVAC on the ship is amazing. It's quiet and it responds really well. So when you want it warm, you turn it up. When you want it cold, you turn it down. Um, and uh, anyway, it's worked out really well. And we've even said if they made a larger internal room, we might opt for that over a balcony because... Well, we have a climber, and we're not sure that he wouldn't just abandon us for the ocean. So um, that's that. Just speaking of the, the temperature control, I thought the air but also the water was really responsive. Um, the water pressure has been good, it was both in the sink and in the shower. Hot water, cold water, it's all there when you need it, and uh, it was actually pretty fast. Yeah, and, and very clean. This ship seems to be very clean, and you always see someone wiping doors, wiping railings. They're even doing maintenance on, you know, the woodwork as we're here. They've lacquered a number of railings and roped them off. Like, this is both a, you know, a sailing vessel, but they're also working on it all the time. So um, it's been nice to see that. There's never any fingerprints anywhere except the ones that our children are leaving, and we're doing our best to keep up with that. But, uh, you know, it's a little, it is what it is. Um, also on the first day, there is a safety drill, and you're going to need to participate in that. If you don't participate in that, you're going to have to do extra leg work later to go to one at another time. That's going to be a longer process. Um, and the way they're going to know that is you all have, uh, you know, essentially a size of a credit card, like a room key, and you're going to swipe that. And if you don't swipe that on your way in, they're going to come and make sure you go to the next one. And that is um, something that's regulated and mandatory by law, so it's not something you can just get out of. If you want to sail on this ship, or any cruise ship you need to make sure to attend one of those. And for what it's worth, we got there a little bit late trying to wrangle the kids and grab our life vests and figure out which life vest was for which size kid. And uh, So we actually had a, a difficult time finding a place to stand, and it was a little crowded. Um, so if, you, if you're able, you should get there early, and then you'll be able to have a place to sit. Yeah, but the really the other guests were wonderful, and actually the social host was at our station, and everybody just helped us get Joey, our little one, into his life vest because it goes around his legs. He wasn't really cooperating, but it's important to know how they go on. So really everyone was very helpful, and I imagine that you would have that same experience too. Um, now right after, so when you're in New York City, you're going to, you know, you're going to embark and then you're going to come out of the port after the safety drill at about 5.30 p.m. And if you're on, uh, what, the port side of the boat, you're going to see the Statue of Liberty. And it's a really, really serene experience passing the Statue of Liberty. It's, you know, I don't know, just a wonderful symbol of our country. We were leaving our country. We're moving. We're going to be out of it for a couple of years. So it was really nice to see. But at the same time, Deck 7 is not exactly child-friendly. Um, this is, you know, an older ship. It's got a lot of historic things including the railings and it's just about the right size for a two-year-old baby boy to pop out so we decided that we would go in and watch from inside the king's court which is also on deck seven 
And uh, just as dinner was being served, we were able to watch the Statue of Liberty and get him some curly fries so that everyone could have the experience that they wanted. So just a tip that um, if you have kids, um, maybe you want to watch from deck six, which is where the minnow's pool is, where they also have some canvas up so that your kids can't go through the railings. Um, let's talk about the kids program a little bit. Joe, how, what are you thinking about the kids program so far? I think it's perfect for us. I'm not sure the upper age um, limit of the kids program. I know I've seen some kind of young teenage kids in there. I think it's 14. I was talking to a 14-year-old who said she was really enjoying it. But it's broken up into three age groups. The first is two to seven, so both of our kids being two and five fit uh, fit in that same group, which for us is really nice because they can stay together. Uh, but really I'm surprised that they both have enjoyed it so much. Typically it's, it's hard to find activities that are appropriate both for a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, the way it works is that you always take your children out for mealtimes, mm-hmm. and so there's three different windows that your kids would be in uh, the kid zone. So at the most, it would be something like 9 a.m. to 11.45, 2 p.m. to 4.45 p.m., and then back in at 6, and they're able to stay until midnight, and they recommend bringing blankets and pajamas and whatever else they might they might want for movie time. And so we've some days we've taken advantage of all three windows. Others, we've, we've kept the kids with us, um, but it... I think that were it not for this children's programming, this wouldn't feel like, like a vacation yeah. for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because there's not that much to do on the ship at large that's age appropriate for kids. And so we find that they have a better time in the kid zone, and then that gives us some free time. Um, and then there are some exceptions. There's a, a special um, designated family show in the planetarium. They showed Beauty and the Beast in 3D yesterday, and those were all times that we took the kids out and, uh, and tried to experience the, the family events on board the ship. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, for our kids, and I think as far as parenting goes, we're probably a little stricter than average as far as making our kids sit and pay attention to things. So they have that attention span. But um, I think that if your kid wants high energy, high action, here comes some kids, so it might get loud. But um, if if you want water slides and parks and video arcades, this is not the ship for your kids. I mean, this is... There's going to be story time. There's going to be science time. They're going to have some science activities. There's going to be uh, scavenger hunts and arts and crafts, and they're going to maybe do some little snack projects too, but it's not going to be a high, high energy type program. So we recognize that this is not a ship for everyone's kids, and um, if, if your kids can't kind of sit still for, you know, I don't know, what, whatever you think is an appropriate period of time, uh, this might not be the ship for you, but we've really enjoyed it, and it's it's appropriate for our kids' attention span. So, uh, and it's also not um, it's not that it's not a family friendly cruise. I think the staff and other guests have been really generous to us and uh, and forgiving um, at times when our kids maybe were a little louder than the average passenger. But there really just aren't that many kids on the boat. Uh, the staff said there were 220 kids out of about 2,500 passengers. So that's about 10%, and that's a lot for this sailing in particular. They were worried that they had so many kids. Nevertheless, when we saw our own children out on a scavenger hunt on the boat one day, it looked like there were almost as many staff members as kids. It might have been a two-to-one ratio, which for me as a parent, I think that's excellent. I think that's really good, especially uh, when you're running around the ship and kids might um, hide around the corner and things like that. Um, but we have been on a carnival cruise in the past and it seemed like there were kids everywhere and so it's just a different um, different vibe a different mentality and um, for us I think it worked out really well yeah and all that to say we're also kind of hyper cautious that our children are not disrupting other passengers because it's not really 
a ship that's designed for children. It's a transatlantic kind of nostalgic, historic cruise that you take. Um, so we just want to be cautious that we're not interrupting other passengers. So we tried to have our children at a formal dinner. It didn't work. We tried to do a formal lunch. It didn't work. So we ended up ordering room service. So just, uh, just some, it can be very enjoyable, but just a word of caution that this is, you know, not an overly um, child-friendly, I don't want to say child-friendly, what do I want to say? It's not marketed towards That's right. It's not marketed toward toward kids and toward yeah. families. We, we but have there found... is appropriate activities for the right family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we'll talk more about dining later, but um, there is a, a children's tea in the afternoon that's specifically designed for kids. It's earlier than the normal dinner time, but it's small. There's, there's only uh, maybe a dozen tables total. We tended to see the same two or three families in there every time we went. Um, so it's just a, a smaller number of families, smaller number of kids. Um, and, and like I said, that worked out great for us. I don't know that that would be ideal for everyone. Yep. And uh, just one last piece on the night nursery. There are two dining times, and there's this is a 6.30 and an 8.30, or is it 6 and 8.30? 6 and 8.30. 6 and 8.30. And we have the later dining time, and that's largely because we decided to take the cruise kind of last minute. But... Um, it's great in the sense that we can do the children's tea, have dinner with the kids, then drop them off at night nursery, which is from 6 to midnight if you'd like to keep them in that late because there is some really wonderful programming for adults in the evening time, including ballroom dancing and big band music and some really excellent productions with the carnival, oh, carnival, excuse me, Cunard singers and dancers. So you can keep them in until midnight if you want, and they're allowed to fall asleep there. They have comfortable bean bags. Our kids have both fallen asleep and not fallen asleep, but... Um, just to let you know there's a late night option so you can have a date night if you come with your children and uh, that's been really valuable to us. And room service is excellent. They're bringing milk every night if you want your kids to have milk before bed so that's been really wonderful. Um, any last things you want to talk about? Well, it just seems worth mentioning as we sit here on the 11th deck outside the indoor pool. Yes. Uh, with the ocean in the background. Which is that, lovely. Um, one thing that I really liked about the ship is that there are places you can go and expect a lot of people. For example, there's a promenade on Deck 7 that uh, goes all the way around the around the ship. There are people regularly sort of working out. If not running, then maybe, you know, speed walking in their athletic attire and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a place you can go to expect a lot of people. But here on this deck where we're sitting right now, there's only six chairs set out. And so if you want sort of a, a pocket where you can get away from the, the masses and... Um, have some alone or semi-alone time. There are really a number of little places on the ship kind of stowed away that um, that I find to be really nice and, and quiet and peaceful, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, we've never waited long for anything. Elevators, stairs, meals, they're very expedient, including getting on the ship. I mean, it was supposed to take us two hours. It took us almost three and a half to get to the port, and I was panicking that they weren't going to let us on. And But but we got there, and they, they took our bags. They whisked us away. We walked right up to the terminal. They checked us in. We did all of our passport stuff, and boom, we were on the ship. It was just... I mean, it might have taken a half hour from the time we actually pulled up to when we were on the ship. Uh, so everything's everything's been wonderful, no waiting. And if you see a picture of this ship and it's the open decks with people sitting and relaxing and no crowds, it truly is that experience. This ship is at capacity right now. Every single cabin is booked. And, you know, there's plenty of places to have peace and quiet. So uh, that's true. I guess I have one last observation, and that is... Um, there's not a lot of four-person rooms on the ship, and the ones that are four-persons have the Pullman bunks, and that is two bunks that pull down from the ceiling, and they are 52 inches off the ground. 
and um, they do have kind of like a handrail on them, but we've opted to let the kids we had the option to push the twin beds in the bottom into a king for us to sleep in, but we decided that the kids would probably break their necks getting out of those bunks. And even though there are ladders, just our, I don't think that our kids are at an age where they're responsible enough for that. So we've been in the top bunks, but it's a full mattress. It's a full twin, and I think that they've been very comfortable, and that has worked out pretty well. So. And, yeah, I sort of, you know, the way that they're positioned, it looks like they might be creaky or unstable, or and, and it hasn't felt like that at all. It, it felt like just laying in a regular bed, so it's been it's been nice. Yeah, and the pillows and the linens, everything's been nice. So. And speaking of making up the rooms, we should probably mm-hmm. mention Hubert briefly. Oh yeah, Hubert. Uh, when we showed up, it, it wasn't Cunard employees; it was Port Authority employees. But he took our picture with it, just a quick USB camera when we uh, showed our, right after we showed our passports. And we don't know what that was for, but it's possible that it was for the steward staff because when we got onto our floor, there were a number of stewards sort of uh, lined up and waiting, um, and our steward, Hubert, stepped out of line and said, oh, the Chapa family, he knew all of our names, he recognized the two-year-old, and he, and he showed us to our rooms. And he has uh, 15 rooms for which he's responsible, um, but I think maybe he was somehow connected to that camera because he, he was able to pick us out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, his service has really been fantastic, and, uh, and we're appreciative of him. Yeah, staff here is wonderful. I have to say it's been a very, very good experience. So um, I think that's going to conclude this episode, episode one of the four-part series on the Cunard Queen Mary 2. And we will be back shortly with, well, next week with episode two where we'll talk about some additional things on the ship. So uh, to conclude, this is Megan Chapper, your host. Good night.